Sabbath version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in Acts 13 through 15, and we are in the mission trips of Saul, who will become Paul today. And Saul, remember, was the Pharisee that witnessed Stephen's stoning and death. He has an encounter with Christ along the road. Christ tells him he's going to be his witness to the Gentiles, to the Jews, to the far places of the earth, basically. And because he's had that awakening, he is excited, really, to go tell the story of Jesus because he gets it now. And so these remaining parts of Acts are the story of the different mission journeys that Paul goes on. And he goes with helpers because he really realizes that he was in error when he was persecuting Christians. Remember, Jesus said, why do you persecute me? And that's him claiming us as his own. And he gets Saul, who will now be Paul, to realize that when you persecute anyone that has Jesus in them, you're persecuting Jesus himself. So Saul has this massive story to tell. And it's really big because when we think about where we've been, and I was just sharing my story to some degree yesterday on where God has taken me and how I never want to go back because it's just proof that I can't do it without him. And so today's story starts off with the apostles and the believers meeting together. Now remember, apostle means called of God. So the encounter that Saul had on the road and the way Jesus called him to go be a deliverer of the truth or the message makes him an apostle, right? Because Jesus met him personally on the road. And then through Ananias told him, hey, you're going to go do these things, right? So that's why Paul is called an Apostle Paul. Plus, you know, then he writes all the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament, right? So the believers are meeting, and they're worshiping, and they're fasting, and then the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit speaks, you know, that's why I love our church services, because the Holy Spirit is so present there, and and. Holy Spirit will speak, and, and we'll follow the leading. And so sometimes our church services last longer. You know, someone asked me last night, hey, when's your church get over so I can come by there? And I said, 
whenever the Holy Spirit is done, you know, I don't, it, it varies. And so I just said, well, probably by this time. And so, and I was just kind of surprised, you know, because it's like if someone's in a hurry for us to get done, why don't you just join us, you know? But there's a lot of history there, so I understood what was happening. And it was all good. So Barnabas and Saul are appointed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work of which I have called them. So they're going to go out and be missional in this. So they pray some more, they fast some more, they lay hands on them, and then they commission them to this work that the Lord has called them to. And they send them out in by the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 4. And so they take off to the island of Cyprus. And they take with them an understudy called John Mark, which can kind of seem to be a play, a thing that ends up causing a little havoc for these two. So they reach Paphos, and they get in there, and there's a guy there whose name is actually Bar-Jesus, and he's a sorcerer, and he's causing some grief for him. He hangs around, and he he's kind of the, the bar against Jesus, which is kind of significant to his name, right? And so he keeps tagging along and keeps causing him grief. So finally, Paul turns to him and says some things to him, and the Lord comes over this guy, and he causes blindness to the guy, and he walks around groping because his eyes become cloudy and he can't see anymore. And it's right here where, you know, when Saul confronts this evil spirit that's in this guy in the name of the Holy Spirit, where we get Saul, who is also known as Paul. So from this point on, this encounter on, where Saul head-ons an evil spirit, it's where we get Saul's name changed to Paul. So from this point forward, Saul won't be called Saul anymore. He'll be called Paul. So if you hear Paul, you know that it's the Saul from chapter 9. So this guy gropes around, and he can't see anymore. And when the governor sees this happening, he becomes a believer because he sees that whatever Paul is carrying is greater than what this sorcerer is carrying, right? Well, this just goes to everything we have heard before in that scripture, which we'll get to later, that greater is he that is in you that is he that is in the world. So the Holy Spirit that's in Paul, which is Jesus himself, is greater than the spirit, the evil spirit that's in this sorcerer. And so he overcomes the devil. And so that's more about the light extinguishes darkness, and darkness can't overcome the light. And so 
this governor gets to see that firsthand and he becomes a follower because he's like, whoa, man, look at that. And so the very first, you know, positive result from his mission trip starts happening. So they go from there. They leave the island of Paphos and they head off to Pisidia. But guess what? Remember John Mark? John Mark decides he's going to return to Jerusalem. And you think that's no big deal, right? Because there's no more said about it. And they just head off and go to Antioch of Pisidia and they start doing some stuff there. And when they get there, the crowds gather to hear. And so Paul starts going through the history of the good news, you know, starting back with Abraham. And he goes through. Uh, David, and then he gets to Jesus, and he starts talking about Jesus, and he says, hey, don't be one of those people that just ignores the words of the prophets, because all this took place. And he says, you know, John the Baptist said, who was the one that came before, said, repent of your sins and turn to Christ, and then Christ comes, so don't be one of those. And so a lot of the Jews and the devout converts of Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. Some of them did, some of them didn't. And some of them urged them to stay and rely on the grace of God. So come and be a follower of Jesus, basically. But some didn't. So what Paul says Okay, here's the deal. It's necessary for us to preach to you Jews first, but since you've rejected it, many of you have rejected it, and judged yourselves, remember Jesus said, I don't judge you, you judge yourself, and you've judged yourself unworthy of eternal life, we have to offer it to the Gentiles, for the Lord gave us this command. I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. So they go take it to the Gentiles. They start doing that. And when the Gentiles hear them say, hey, we're bringing it to you, they thank the Lord for the message. And all who heard it became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout the region. And that's what's really significant about today. Today, we go to church, and we have a lot of times the same people week in and week out, and we really get complacent when there's a lot of people out there that we could be missional to, Gentiles, so to speak, who haven't been in church, who are hungry, they're looking for the missing piece of life, and we carry it, and when we share it with them and they come to know Jesus, they're, they're excited, they're happy, they love it, and they come into church and they are so turned on for Jesus that they want to just do more. And the ones that have been going through the motions and that are complacent, they tend to get eh, put out of sorts, let's say. And then there's this jealousy that comes about. And it's like we've always said, you can't step on toes that are moving. And the new converts come in. And they are like, let's share Jesus more. So the church can grow 
when we decide we're not just going to sit there and go through status quo. And that's what we always want to do because Acts 13.52 says the believers, and I have to say this comes right after the Gentile believers get filled. The believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So these are the people that come in and they're excited for what they've just gained. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the people that aren't just going through the motion. These are the people that are really hungry for what God has for them. And that's why I love where I go. Because we come in and we're hungry. And we open ourselves up to, hey, fill us, Lord. And let us just receive that Holy Spirit and that joy. And where I go, those those people have had, they've been through some stuff. So it's not like we're going to just go through the motions. We want to be there. So Paul and Barnabas, they move on to Iconium. And they go through Iconium and they do some great things there. They did a lot of uh, signs and wonders there. And then they get to Lystra and Derby, and they see a man who's been crippled since birth and he's never walked and Paul looks at him and he realizes that this man has faith to be healed remember Jesus said by your faith you are healed so Paul looks at him and just says in a loud voice hey stand up and so the man jumps up to his feet and starts walking and the crowd saw what Paul had done now remember <laughs> there they're in Lystra. And when the car, crowd saw this, they decided that they got to be Greek gods. So they start thinking that uh, Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and Paul was Hermes. And so they rush off um, to get a bunch of bulls and reese to worship them because the temple of Zeus was just located outside town. So they figure... They came down to earth, you know, to pay them a visit. And so they start worshiping them. And, and Paul and Barnabas are like, hey, stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? We're just humans like you are. Nothing we've done is on our own accord. This is all through the power of the living God who made the heavens and the earth. He's the one that's allowed this to happen. He's the one that does this. He sends the rains. He makes the crops grow. He's the one that does this, not these things that you're trying to celebrate. And even as they were trying to say these things, the people could barely get them to stop doing this. And so um, when some other Jews arrived, they won the crowds to their side, and they started stoning Paul, drug him out of town, and as they thought he was dead, standing there looking at him, Paul just got up and walked back into town. And when he walked back into town, he grabs Barnabas, and they return to Lystra, and Iconium and Antioch of Pisidia, or Pisidia, sorry, and strengthened all the believers, the real believers there the believers of the way because we're not called Christian yet, okay? So 
this first mission trip is going really good. There's a lot of new believers coming along. People getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People are getting saved, coming to know Jesus. There's works and wonders happening. So Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, and these new these other Jews come and they start telling the Gentiles, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. <laughs> now, that's like saying, unless you put money in the offering plate, you cannot be saved. Same difference. And, of course, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with him and argued vehemently, the Bible says. So finally the church decides to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied with some local believers to talk to the apostle, to the apostles and elders about this question. Because Paul and Barnabas knew for a fact that the Gentiles had been saved, that they had been converted, that they had received the Holy Spirit and been filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 13.52. Because being saved and being filled with the Holy Spirit, sanctified, is an affair of the heart. It has nothing to do with the physical work has nothing to do with the physical attribute of you or me. It all has to do with a heart thing. And now when we talk about circumcision, we're talking about cutting away the old life. And that's what Paul and Barnabas are going back to argue with them. And so the first thing they start doing is arguing that that's not necessary. They shouldn't have to do that. Because that's, while it is in the law of Moses, that's a physical act. And we know that God knows people's hearts. And he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did us. He made no distinction between us and them for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you challenging God by burdening them with a yoke neither one of us are able to bear. Because we all are saved the same way by the undeserved grace of Jesus. <laughs> Good stuff. In other words, we are all saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and it's an affair of the heart. It has nothing to do with a physical act. Wow, good stuff. So when they finished pleading their case and got them to understand that Jesus sees our hearts and that he understands who is who and that it's uh, grace by faith, faith by grace, grace by faith that we are saved, not by something we do. I can do all the good works I want, but if I don't believe in Jesus and have faith in him and ask him into my heart, then I'm, I'm not any different than the other do-gooder that's out there. Then I won't be saved. And when they finally got that true and figured out, uh, 
they said, yep, you're right, you're right, you're right. We can't do that. That's not right. And so let's just do this. Let's tell them that we're not going to burden them with that. Let's just tell them that they need to follow some guidelines for Christian living. See, now Christian comes into play. So they set some guidelines about, you know, don't eat uh, food offered to idols, stay away from sexual immorality, and strangled animal meats, and don't consume blood, you know, because you're supposed to drain the blood out of animals before you do it. This has nothing to do with blood transfusions. They didn't have refrigerators back then, so they were making sure that the meats you eat were uh, readied properly. That's what all that has to do with, so that you didn't get sick with infection or gain disease that you needed or that you didn't want, I should say. And so that was agreed upon. So this was called the Council of Jerusalem. That's because they went back to Jerusalem to argue the case that you can't be saved by just doing an act, and that makes you a believer in Jesus. No, that doesn't make anything. For us to be a believer in Jesus, we got to ask him in our heart and change our way of life, cut off the old life, and become new in Christ. And so they finally got that. And so they send that letter back to the people, and they just tell them, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than for you to just follow these guidelines. And so the first church manual was made, which is like crazy, right? Clear back then. But yeah, and then we took it farther for the man to, to help people know a Christian code of conduct and stuff like that. So then Paul and Barnabas are going to go back to the churches that they uh, had already established in those lands they'd just been. We read about uh, 13 and 14. And Barnabas wants to take John Mark with him, but Paul doesn't since John Mark bailed on him early. And they have a big discussion about that, and Paul strongly doesn't want to take him, so Paul and Barnabas separate. And Barnabas takes John Mark with him, and they go to Cyprus, and Paul takes Silas. This is where we're introduced to Silas. And Paul and Silas leave for Syria and Cilicia. And so guess where Paul's second mission trip's going to be? It's going to be with Silas, and he's going to head to the area of Syria and Cilicia, or so we think. So on this Sabbath day, remember, we cannot be saved by any act or work. We are only saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord by asking him into our heart and changing the way we live. When we talk about circumcision, we talk about circumcising the old life, cutting it away and becoming a new creature in Jesus Christ our Lord. Circumcision of the heart, cutting away all the old stuff that separated us from God. Have a great worship day today. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and let him fill you with joy and more of his spirit. Have a great day. 
We'll see you tomorrow on the Daily Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my